Hey there, badasses. I'm Yanni San Luis, your win woman. And on this week's episode, we're exploring having a winning mindset. Here's what I know the biggest leverage you have in any given situation is your mindset. Once you concede your mindset and allow for the disruption of your energy, you won't be at your very best. You have the control to decide what you want your energy to be, what you want your mindset to be, and most importantly, what our reactions will be in any situation. We're taking our minds to the gym in this episode and making sure it's working for you. So without further ado, let's swan dive right into building badassery. So last week I gave you a taste, a little bit about what mindset is all about as it related to leadership. If you haven't listened to that week's episode, make sure to go back because I give an example of playing racquetball and how just losing one shot really set me up to lose the remainder of the, of the shots within the game. So I want you to take from that episode, but now really we're going to grow into this this week and, and think about your own mindset journey. I'm going to tell you that I have invested thousands of dollars in so many different professional development, coaching, uh, business coaching, conferences. I mean, you name it. I've probably invested in it, not to mention the amount of books, business books that I've read in the last um, three years and beyond. I love to read and I'm reading any anywhere between two to three business books at any given moment. And it's interesting because a couple of weeks ago, I have to admit, I just had it. I was fucking over it. I thought to myself, okay, enough. I'm tired of reading these business books that frankly keep telling me the same shit. It keeps telling me, you know, okay, the mindset thing. It talks to me about the imposter syndrome. These are all real things. These, I'm not, I'm not trying to dismiss those topics, but it was just reading things over and over again. And I, I have this thing where I, I had recently shared with one of my accountability bodies that we kept learning during this pandemic. But what was happening was we were learning and not putting things to action. Like if I could get paid to learn, that would be fantastic. But a lot of times that's not really a reality, right? We have to learn and the things that we're investing in, put those things into action. Now, getting back to the mindset thing and the reason I bring up this story or this these examples of why I, I struggled with mindset for a long time is because I didn't think it was an issue for me. I was in completely, complete, complete denial. I remember... One of my um, favorite business coaches who, frankly, has helped me out at the start of my business, Miss um, Luli B, who has been fantastic and really helps early onset entrepreneurs figure out the type of business that they want. I remember being in a ma- mastermind with her and specifically during the end of the year, she hosts a planning session 
in December to talk a little bit about what's the future to come, like planning your next year, what's your game plan. We would have this session usually early on in December. And it's interesting because I would sit there and usually the first couple of hours in this, it would be all about mindset, like getting your mind prepared for these changes, for this thing. And I'm like, oh, can we just, this was me in the workshop. Like I was antsy. Can we just like speed through this? I don't need to talk about my mindset. That's what I used to tell myself. I don't need to talk about mindset because the truth of the matter is that I just want to get down to the work. I just want to get down to the work. I just want to get down to the work. And that's, that was the way that I would approach things. I didn't think I completely denied that I had a mindset issue. And lo and behold, mindset comes up every single day. You wake up in a certain mindset. You go through your day in another mindset. And these are things that we need to recognize, pause, and pivot. You know, that's, those are the two things we have to pause and then pivot when we get into that funky mood or getting into those funky situations. And guess what? Mindset is everything because you sometimes you're just not ready to hear the information. You're not ready to hear what's next to come. So for those of you who are like me in that episode or in that in that workshop rather and you are listening to this right now and you're saying to yourself, I don't have a mindset issue. Reality check. We all do. There are things that trigger us at any given moment, buttons that people push and it's up to us how we react to those situations. So one of the things that goes with mindset is unlearning behaviors that we have been accustomed to because of the way we grew up, perhaps our culture or what have you. And so I'm going to share with you, if you don't know already, I am Cuban-American and I live in Miami, Florida. And I was raised with very Cuban values. And specifically what that means is the women in the family took on a lot. I mean, from, and it was non-traditional in the sense that my mom worked. My mom always worked full time and also cooked and also cleaned and also was involved in my school functions she she did a lot of things and this was the model behavior that i thought i needed to project right and i think about it as simple as doing groceries and coming back home to unload the car i remember thinking to myself all right i'm going to just literally put on i don't need anybody's help nobody help me I'm going to put six, seven bags on each hand and walk in with all this weight to come into the door. And sometimes I was exhausted. Sometimes I'd drop things along and either I would not accept help or I would not ask for it. And that is something that Latinas and a lot of Cuban American women, I will say, and, and frankly, other women in general, go through is this ability to not ask for help. It is like ingrained in us that it's a sign of weakness if we do, if we ask for this help. So my grandmother, my abuela Fifi, has a saying for this, and she would call me this 
throughout my lifetime. She's been calling me this and she's called me Vitola, which is a, a name of a, of a woman. And the saying goes, Vitola la que se defiende sola. And what that translates to is Vitola, the one that defends herself, meaning I got this. I don't need anybody's help. And she usually, you know, when I would tell her over the phone, my schedule for the week, she usually like, wow, I mean, you're taking on a lot and that's, that's your Vitola coming out. Right. And I ask you this because here's the thing about mindset and some of the shifts that we're about to talk about in this episode is you cannot make a grand shift in your life. If you do not communicate with the people around you, the people who are living with you, or if you don't ask for help, I, there is no way that I can do the things that I do without the help of my husband, without the help of my family, without the help of my friends and asking for support. Because what ends up happening is that what we do is that we lack communication. We lack communicating what exactly we need. So I share with you this because I recently, I took on like meditation for me has been a struggle for years and years. And earlier this year, I had read um, a book on meditation, Stress Less, Accomplish More by Emily Fletcher. And she practices or she's developed this Ziva meditation technique about practicing meditation twice a day for 15 minutes. And I, to be honest, I thought that was outrageous. 15 minutes. I mean, 30 minutes in a day for meditation twice a day. And I was like, this is ridiculous. When the hell am I going to find this time? And I realized for myself in the last couple of years, I would practice meditation. It wasn't very consistent. Every now and then I would practice this kind of meditation, right? And you know, I use Headspace or Calm or whatever one of the apps to do it. I would usually do it in the morning and then that's it. And I would be, it would be nice. Like I had a little morning routine where I get up, I meditated and I did a journal and every now and then I would do it, but it wasn't consistent. So I, I did Emily's uh, class or course, and then I read her book. Um, actually did it backwards. I read her book and then I did her class and I realized that the beginning, um, I was asking, I was informing, right. I was informing my husband, Milton, that I was doing this and, you know, I kind of got a sideways stare not, not to say that he didn't believe that I could keep it consistent, but he just knew right from the past, like that this was, that this wasn't the case. And I said, you know, I'm going to be meditating in the morning. I'm going to be meditating in the afternoon. I just want to let you know so that in case you're like, because I don't want to be disturbed. You know, that that's definitely one um, of the reasons why I wanted to share that. But two, because I want you to know that this is a priority for me. And when I don't do it or when you see that I'm off, I want you to go send me to meditate. And that was my communication. And I say this because at the beginning, obviously it takes a couple of weeks, but when he noticed, I mean, he was noticing that I had made a change and it was a difference in my behavior. He was very supportive of, of me making sure that I meditated like, Hey, have you meditated today? Like, why don't you just kind of take a minute when he saw that my mood or my mindset was off. And so I say this because as you're going to be making you're changing your mindset in certain situations and things. 
you're going to have to communicate with those around you. This goes back and I can't stress it enough. As you can imagine, my favorite thing to talk about these days, besides negotiation, which I'm known for, is setting boundaries. And the thing is, is that you can't have one without the other. You have to set boundaries for yourself because again, you cannot do everything for yourself. You can't do everything by yourself. And I say this because you need to make sure that you're setting those appropriate boundaries with the people around you when you're making a change in your life and not assuming that they're going to catch on to it. That's not how it works. People can't be mind readers. And you need, the obligation lies within you to go ahead and communicate your needs to other people and stop the guessing work from it. So in hearing that sound, you know what time it is. It's motherfucking goose time. And here is when I share a personal story to really drive in the point of this week's topic, which is mindset. So for the majority of my career, I have enjoyed female bosses. And yes, sure, I've had some sprinkled in men, but the majority have been female bosses. And I have not only just worked for females, but I've also worked on majority female teams. So I have a different perspective when it comes to work. Now, what's the common misconception here is usually, oh, when females work together, it's such a catty nature and, you know, all that BS. But in this particular case, that catty behavior stems, usually stems from one person's insecurity. So I'm going to share an example of where this worked for me. I was in a position where I had a coworker who was actually my internal champion. I mean, they were the ones that had brought me in and vouched for me for the role that I was going into. And in this particular situation, you know, she was my referral inside the door. So when I was applying for a promotion after working with her, um, and I was applying for a promotion two years after she, you know, vouched for me, I noticed a change in behavior and I was, it was not until me being in that interview that I realized, and she was in the interview with me in a group interview for this promotion I was applying for that I realized she had a problem with me applying for the role and her, her behavior showcased or her true colors rather showcased themselves inside the interview. And I'm going to tell you, I was shocked because she treated me like an absolute bitch in this interview. Yes. A fucking bitch. I have to say it like that. There is no other way. I mean, she, this was a group interview with colleagues, with my own internal team. And this woman who has known me and who has vouched for me, completely just blew me away and her body language just stunk of how dare you apply for this role and surpass me. I mean, I'm just going to bottom line it. That's exactly what the body language shared to me and, and some of the behaviors that she did. So she, you know, in the middle of the interview, as I was answering questions would do the eye roll being crossed hand like, this was not, like, discreet, people. This was actually full-blown. Like, you would think that I wouldn't know this person. I hadn't known this person for a number of years. Like, 
this person explained these traits inside the interview, passive aggressive ways in the way that she was interviewing me. No, and maybe not interviewing, like interrogating me. And it was all there. All the signs were there. And so the thing about this was I was in, you know, when I, when you're interviewing for positions and, um, and it's usually like mid-level, um, positions in your career, number of times, the higher up you go, the more interviews and the more time it takes. So this was a full blown, um, afternoon interview with multiple people on the same day. So this group interview that she had to been in, in particular, I had another interview with actually the direct supervisor the immediately following this interview. So one thing I knew for sure is that I needed to shift my energy quick because if not, I would have just completely flopped. Like I needed to get my head in the game. So in between the interview after, you know, that awful interview with, with this woman and, and with my other team members, I took a second and I kind of collected myself, went to the bathroom. And, um, what I did at that time is that I pulled out my phone and I kind of vented in a note section in my phone, like vented all the awful things that I that, like that as if nobody was ever going to read them. Right. Like, I can't believe this fucking bitch. I can't believe that she did this shit, you know, whatever on my, on my notes. Like I'm not texting this to anybody. This was just personal me doing this. If I had a journal, I would have done that. And I was just venting in that situation. And then after I just let every single thing out, mind you, this was a couple minutes. I just took it in a deep breath, just breathe in for two counts and let go of my breath for four counts. I counted them and I did it again. I looked at myself in the mirror and I told myself, you will not allow for her behavior to get you off your game. You got this. This is what I was telling myself in the mirror because that situation shook me. I mean, completely blindsided me. So these days I have a great friend of mine, Monica, who her and I are in several groups together, but she is um, like me, loves self-development. And she's been doing this program with Gabby Bernstein and Gabrielle Bernstein. And Gabby Bernstein does this self-care practice that is called rage on a page, which I absolutely love. So I didn't realize that I did that back then years ago, but basically rage on the page is this notion of when you're feeling this absolute rage, discomfort, sadness for you to get a piece of paper, a journal, what have you, and just do exactly what, what you heard me do a couple minutes ago, which is completely vent to that piece of paper without judgment and and then meditate and let it go. And I have to tell you, this has been an absolute go-to thing I've been doing recently as I get frustrated and just letting it go. Because what happens here is when we stew on something, when we vent, when we go, and, and something about me that I realized early on, um, the younger I was, was I like to vent, but I always like to vent to multiple people. And what was happening is that I was basically getting myself worked up again. And I was staying in this mindset for more than just an hour. I mean, days could go because I was venting about certain situations. So in this particular case, in this particular 
scenario that I shared, you know, rage on a page is a great way to go. If you have a trusted individual to vent to, that's another great way to go. We don't want for this to be for these venting sessions to be with people who are not trusted or perceived trusted. You, you need to go to a person that has your back and will not betray you. These are situations that are healthy for you to talk through and not just keep in. And now I want to share with you what it takes to have a winning mindset and really my formula and what has worked for me and the rituals that I have set to get my head right. And here's the thing. These, this exact thing that I'm about to describe is what I do in preparation and throughout any major pitch, any major event in my life. This is how I get my head right. I get pumped up. This is something that is also many athletes, very natural for many athletes to do, to have a routine before a big game. So this is my routine and what I do. So in negotiation and sales, I have a couple different things. First of all, there's a lot of preparation. Number one is preparation for myself. So whether it's preparation for the meeting, preparation for for whatever it is that I'm doing, if it's to play a game, then it's obviously practice. Um, but you definitely want to be prepared, right? You want to be prepared for any given outcome. I do in negotiation, um, I do something where I, it's really the game theory where I'm thinking about all the type of objections I'm going to get and what my response would be. So if, in a, if it wasn't a negotiation, that would be my preparation ritual, right? Is to get into that, into that prep mindset. Preparation for me is also how am I going to absolutely blow this out of the water and impress the hell out of the people that I'm pitching to. So it's not just a regular pitch, but how am I going to make this different? That's also my preparation. And preparation just just doesn't happen the day of the pitch. It happens a week and weeks before. Preparation is a big part of it and it takes a lot more time than just the day of. But that's Number one, so you prepare for the meeting, but you also prepare mentally. So now we're kind of moving into the day of, right? The day of the pitch or the day of something major. So I've done my preparation. I've reviewed my notes, wake up in the morning. And basically what I do is before, before that, actually, before waking up in the morning, what I do is that the day of something major, I cancel everything in the sense of people calling me in the morning people, whatever it is, I cancel everything to make sure that my head's right. Um, and I communicate. So whether it's my family members, like don't get offended. I have a major pitch tomorrow. I'll give you a call after those are my expectations. Those what I, this is what I set with them. And the reason for that is because I'm protecting the energy. Um, I'm protecting myself from what is happening externally. I don't want something to get in the way of it. So that's the reason why I do and I have that preparation in place of, of setting that tone with my family or, or friends and canceling everything. But what I also do is that I'll wake up in the morning and I do a meditation, right? And um, after I journal and then what I do is I start prepping in the sense of I start reviewing any of the notes for the meeting, I'll shower 
And then I play my winning playlist. I have a playlist that I have set up on Spotify. I'm happy to share it with you all in this episode. And it has a number of a different varietals of, of song from Eye of the Tiger to All I Do is Win, Win, Win. Um, and this really helps me get my head right. I am in the shower and I'm like listening to this pump up music. Eye of the Tiger starts, the da na na and then I go into the all I do. All I do is win, 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 no matter what, whatever it is. And I'm doing my dance. I'm even as I'm describing this to you, I'm doing a dance here. And it's the combination of those songs and the type of music that's being played that gets me into a good mood, right? It gets me into this I'm on top of the world um, type of mentality. And so that's my winning playlist. And then right before the actual pitch, I do one more meditation. It's a performance meditation that kind of helps me picture um, what's going to happen and frankly, let go of the outcome. Like it's something that walks me through. through. It's a guided meditation of how do you let go of the outcome and really celebrating where you are right now. And I absolutely love that. So the pitch happens. I keep, you know, I keep the flow. If something goes wrong in the pitch or having that winning mindset, you know, it's all about taking pause. I think what ends up happening, I coach a lot of kids in high school and debate is that we have this need to immediately respond to a question or to, you know, a hostile type behavior. And we don't give a lot of moment to just pause and sit in what is a perceived discomfort in the sense of a discomfort with your, with the actual silence. So this is all about just sitting with it and pausing. That's, what's going to be really clear for you so that you can process what's happening. And afterwards, it's all about celebrating. We don't do enough about celebrating the moment. So after the pitch, I kind of wind down and that's why I don't want to have a lot going on in my schedule for anything major, because I want to be able to celebrate, relax, and unwind. And that, badasses, is a wrap. So let's recap this week's conversation. So number one, we want to make sure that we're asking for help and really shifting the thought train that we have to do everything ourselves. Number two, we need to have a game plan for when external factors shift our mood. Perhaps it's taking a step back, breathing, thinking about doing rage on a page, meditating, and frankly, ultimately we need to refocus. How do we gain back control? So having that game plan and creating that moment of peace for ourselves is what's going to help us push through. And lastly, we want to begin thinking about creating a winning ritual that we practice consistently and not just on special occasions. Because here's the thing, a big pitch, a big moment is a special occasion for us to kind of set boundaries, communicate effectively, and really protect our energy. But I'm challenging you to think about how do we create this winning ritual 
every single day of our lives. So it's not just that we're breaking out the good china for a special meal, but we are using it every single day to set us up to win. So next week, we'll talk about working under pressure because a lot of times during the end of a fiscal year, we tend to do better and manage our goals and perhaps smash those goals. And we want to take a look at what that looks like and how do we sustain those same outcomes that we have under pressure year round. I'm your win woman, Yanni San Luis, and this has been another episode of Building Badassery.